Hello and welcome to Automators. I am Rosemary Orchard and this week's episode is brought to you from San Jose where I am sitting across from a suitcase with David. Hello David. Rose, it's not only a suitcase, it's a suitcase with my shoes on it to prop up microphones. There will be a picture of this in the show notes for anybody who is very curious. It is a weird recording setup, but it's working. Yeah, we, we had a, um, so we, both of us got to San Jose. Rose came down and visited me in Southern California for a few days before we came up. And um, Rose, you've had a little problem here in San Jose, haven't you? Uh, just a little problem. So they have these scooters everywhere, which are really good fun. They are so much fun. And so I got on some scooters with some friends. We were going to go to have dinner together, and it was great. And we turned a corner off of a bike lane onto a pedestrian street, and then there was a leaf. I have never been so surprised by a leaf in my life because it flew into my wheel. My wheel lost traction, and I slammed into the ground. So I have a sprained ankle right now, which is great fun. She's got a sprained ankle. She's got a wrist strap. I mean, gang, Rose is literally bleeding for you here <laughs> to bring you the latest Automator's news. But I have to say, I've still had a great week despite the uh, the injuries. So I'm, I'm doing very well. And the good news is I'm looking at her ankle now. It's a lot smaller than it was a few days ago. So we think... She's going to survive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's no amputation possibilities here. We're not going to lose Rose. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, it's been a great week in San Jose for WWDC. Uh, it was really fun. We're going to talk at the end of the episode about the meetup and just the the general vibe here at WWDC. It's been great. But but the um, it, it's been wonderful seeing all the Automators fans out there. There's a ton of you, especially in this uh, environment. So uh, we thank you all for that. Uh, also, was one other bit of news is the Mac Power users uh, scored a big win this year. We we got to interview the product uh, manager for the new Mac Pros. So if you're interested at all in that, even just to kind of get an idea of what Apple is thinking with those fancy new Macs, go over and listen to the latest episode of Mac Power Users. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. Yes, and you will also find out what the product manager of the uh, Mac Pros first Mac was, which is a cliffhanger I'm going to leave you with. All right. Um uh, but we're here to talk about automation, and for today's episode, we thought what we'd do is just kind of share the automation news coming out of WWDC. Yes, and let's just say we are going to be going through it fast. Not quite as fast as the keynote went, where within 10 minutes they'd moved on from watchOS, but it's there's a lot of things to cover here. Yeah, the first thing, I mean, this year at WWDC, it seems in particular Apple had a lot of big news. Um Swift UI, the new Mac Pros, they just had a lot of really big items to cover. And as a result, automation didn't get the love it did last year. You know, Siri shortcuts was a big feature of the keynote last year, whereas this year it didn't even get mentioned in the keynote. It was it was mentioned in the State of the Union. And so from the outside, you may think, oh, they didn't do much this year. <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. It's, it's just because they had such big news that this news uh, kind of got buried. And... Uh, Rose and I have both had the opportunity to spend quite a bit of time this week with the Siri Shortcuts team and some of the other automator folks at Apple. They're super proud. And I would argue, in a lot of ways, the news we're about to share with you about Siri Shortcuts, well, I guess last year was amazing because it existed. But yes, but the, this year, oh, yeah, it's so much better. It, it's a whole new level. I, I feel like, you know, it's kind of when you planted a flower uh, it, the first year it needs you know it needs time for the roots to take hold before it really takes <laughs> off. Well, this year Siri shortcuts is in full bloom because there there's just an, a, an incredible amount of new stuff we're going to be able to do with Siri shortcuts. Automation is going to get easier, more powerful, and stronger. So, yeah. uh, but before we that was a tease, Rose, because I think before we do that, let's just talk briefly about Mac OS. Yeah. There's, there's not a whole lot of news well, on macOS. I mean, there is, because a lot of people have heard, and this was rumored before WWDC, that iTunes is going away. With macOS Catalina, iTunes is no more. So there's music, there's TV, there's podcasts. They're all separate applications now. Um, and when, just for the people very concerned about sync, if you plug your device into your Mac, then it comes up in the sidebar, and that's how you, in Finder, and that's how you sync things. But what a lot of people would be concerned about is their scripts for iTunes that they had to do things with their music. And there's a great website called Doug Scripts that I'll make sure we link in the show notes. Um, and the really good news is those scripting libraries have been imported to the music and the TV apps. They have not got rid of these scripting opportunities. 
So if you're using that, you don't need to worry. There may need to be changes to these scripts uh, so that they talk to music or TV versus iTunes, uh, but it's AppleScript. You can probably run a find and replace and fix that because AppleScript is a very friendly language for that. Yeah, and both uh, both of us, neither one of us have loaded the Catalina beta yet. I believe mm-hmm. Rose is shaking her head no. No, oh, um, not yet. <laughs> I mean, the, the, one of the things about being here is the Wi-Fi is terrible everywhere. So, and honestly, it's never a good idea to load a beta when you're on a trip. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the, um, yeah, no, ter- terrible idea. Don't do it, people. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we're going to get into this deeper. We'll be talking about it in future episodes. But you know, the good news is you do get to retain some of your scripting on the stuff you're doing on Mac. But uh, you know, the kind of one of the stories I had in the back of my mind, I never really said it publicly because. I didn't want to jinx it, but I was really kind of hoping we'd get Siri shortcuts on Mac this year. Mm-hmm. Um, with this project Catalyst, it seems to me that it's possible that we'll get it at some point in the future, but this wasn't the year for it. No. Um, so the the big automator news and the focus of this episode really is iOS and now iPad OS. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because these have been split up a little bit. They're very much siblings that were born very close together. They may even be in the same school year at school. That's how close they are. But they're not the same person anymore, which is great. Well, I mean, it's never really been the same. I mean, there's always been things you could do on iPad that you can do on the phone and vice versa. But I do appreciate that Apple now has a separate. And if you haven't heard this yet, they have what they call iPad OS versus iOS, which is kind of funny. Historically, originally it was iPhone OS when they first made the iPhone. And then they made a big deal. I think it was around iOS 3 that they were. And I think that was partly because of the iPad. They were just going to call it iOS going forward. But either way, um, now that iPad OS is its own thing, I feel like they're going to have to be beholden to give us updates. And and maybe that even means there's a there's a team just dedicated to solving and taking the rough edges off the iPad. I don't know. Throws it's you know it's kind of fun podcasting with you in person. I can it actually is. look yeah, at you. We can and- look at each other, <laughs> and uh, we're hopefully going to make the the editing of this podcast easier because we're not talking each over each other like we would do usually. Yeah. But yeah. No. The the all of the possibilities from this and really. It, I think it does make things a little easier, especially for us because everybody who uses the iPad a lot, and I, I know if you uh, a lot of the people listening may only have an iPhone. Shortcuts really is a great app on the iPad because you can just see so much more. I recently got an iPad mini um, and it's it's great, even like the 7.9 inch screen because you can see that much more. And it's great that iPad specifically will be getting features just for it every year now. And I think everybody is very excited about that. Hey, Rose, before, just real quick, before we get into all that new Green New Series shortcut stuff, how do you like that new iPad? Uh, the Mini, it's adorable. I actually called it the iPad Adorable. Thank you very much to JF Brissett, who helped me name it. Um, it is, it's very nice. It's portable. It fits in my smallest of handbags, literally. That was one of the criteria. Um, and it's great because I can thumb type on it in portrait mode, even with a slightly sprained wrist, um, which makes it a great iPad. Um, as if, if you want an iPad and you, do, you think that you're probably not going to take it too many places, um, and so on. I would still encourage looking at the mini just because it is so portable. It's the sort of thing you will end up taking everywhere because it fits in everything. Yeah. I was sitting next to Rose on an airplane looking at her use the iPad mini and the green envy took over me for just a few minutes. I should point out that at this point in time, David was using an 11 inch iPad. So it's not like he was struggling with a 15 inch MacBook Pro that couldn't fit on the airplane train table, uh, tray table. But yeah, it is very small and portable. It's so cute though. It is adorable. And I got the Logitech crayon to use with it as well, which is really nice. More importantly, tell him what color you got. I got the gold one. Of course you did. Yeah, it's pretty. Hey, uh, let's. So we're going to talk about Siri shortcuts. Lots of news to share. Before we do, I want to talk about our first sponsor, and that's our friends over at Timing. Uh, this episode of Automators is brought to you by Timing, the app that tracks your time automatically instead of manually. So, let's talk about why you should be tracking your time. For anyone billing your hours, that's that's obvious. But even if you're employed by yourself or billing per project, you need to estimate how long a specific task is going to take. 
Time tracking helps you stay on track with those estimates to make sure you don't end up in the red with your projects and that can help make more accurate estimates in the future. One of the big benefits I get out of time tracking is I identify those areas of my life that don't really need me. Things where I could get someone to help me or maybe find some cool automation to take care of it for me. And when I track my time, I see exactly how much time those things take. And that's just a big exclamation point for me to get that managed so I can spend my time doing what's truly important for me. And that's where timing comes in. Instead of making you start and stop timers, timing automatically tracks how much time you spend on each app, document, and website. It shows you exactly when you were working on what and when you slacked off and how productive you've been. So you know how much to, you can improve your productivity. Timing's functionality is similar to iOS 12 screen time, but it's for the Mac. And uh, honestly, it's much better because it's way more granular. Uh, the manual tracking and adjustments are still possible with Timing's automated approach, plus it has a gorgeous new dark mode. But you know work doesn't just happen on your Mac. That's why the timeline automatically makes suggestions for filling in the gaps for your timeline, and that way you'll never again forget to enter a meeting. And with the automatic sync feature, your track time will magically appear across all your Macs. So even when you work on the go with your MacBook, you'll have a full picture of your on your iMac as soon as you get home. Like I said, I, I just really like the ability to find those areas of my life that need to get removed. And time tracking is one of the best tools to identify it. Timing the app is the way to do this because you don't have to push a button. You know, manually tracking time just gets garbage data unless you're really, really good at remembering to push that button. Uh, timing is so confident that you'll love their fuss-free approach. They offer a totally free trial. Download the free trial today by going to timingapp.com slash automators. Download the free two-week trial and you save 10% when you purchase. Stop guessing how you're spending your time and instead get good data from the timing application so you can focus on what you're good at. We thank Timing for all of their support of the automators. Let's get started with these shortcuts updates, because yeah. uh, I don't know how long we've got left, but we haven't got long. We've got a lot to cover. Yeah. Uh, it's great. Let's just start by saying it's great. Oh, yeah. yeah. There, there is absolutely no way we are disappointed about any of this. Okay. I, I think so I want to start talking about just the application user interface, because... Yeah. There's been a lot of changes, but it's not for the bad. Yeah. So when Siri Shortcuts first appeared on... Uh, iOS last year, it looked a lot like workflow, but it looked like they took a dark, the dark mode of the original workflow and turned it into light mode in iOS. But largely, I mean, even the shapes of the boxes and the way it, you know, the, the general format of the application stayed the same. So it was very familiar if you had been coming from workflow. Uh, this year, it still is familiar, but they have made some nice kind of, I would just call it clean user interface improvements. Mm -hmm. The colors got a little better and just the way it looks like they had a graphic designer come in and do a facelift. Yeah. yeah. And so, for example, if you look at your, your shortcuts library, and I'll try and include some screenshots of this, uh, the colors for the Azure shortcuts are a little more muted. But if you think about it, because iOS has light and dark mode and it can automatically switch between light and dark mode at sunrise and sunset, then you can, you know, the, this doesn't, glare in your face like the bright colors from shortcuts previously would um and that's kind of just the start of it because they've tidied up all the icons and everything as well and the icons have got a more prominent role when for example all of your shortcuts show up directly in the share sheet so they're not hidden behind a shortcuts action anymore they're just right there in your share sheet right in your face ready for you to use okay and that can that's great for discoverability oh yeah um, and, you know, I was thinking about that. A lot of people only have a few shortcuts, mm -hmm. so that's that's just great. But for folks like you and me that have hundreds of them... We need to go through and clean up what our shortcuts can accept, because I know a lot of the time when I'm testing things, I just say, you can accept anything, Yeah. and I'm good to go. And now I'm, I sort of look at my share sheet and go, whoops, I need to fix this. Yeah, so so that's that's cool. And, and honestly, you and I are edge cases. Oh, yeah. In fact... Yeah. One of the things that it didn't get this year that um, a lot of us nerds are like clamoring for is better organization, like you, like folders. Yeah. Um, you don't have those now. But honestly, I don't think many people 
are the edge cases like you, me, Matt Casanelli, Federico, the folks who have many, many, many shortcuts. Yeah. Most people have a few that work for them. You know, they're sane as opposed to insane. Um, so I'm sure Apple saw those numbers. And if I was looking at the whiteboard and said, well, do I create folders for the super nerds or do I just make it more powerful for everyone? And I think they made the right decision. Yeah, yeah. I, it's one of these things. A lot of the decisions that they have to make, of course, they get the requests from us heavy power users, but they have to keep in mind uh, that it's not just the power users that they want to use the application. They want to make things friendly. So, And that's something I found from talking to them this week. You know, they, they're really... Their, their interest is making this accessible to everybody regardless of their level of knowledge about this stuff. And that's, I think, definitely the right decision for them to make. And along that lines, in addition to being a pretty face, you know, with this update, they have now made Shortcuts a built-in application on your iPad and iPhone. So no longer do you have to go to the App Store and download it. It, you just, it just shows up on your device when you do the upgrade to iOS 13. That means everyone is going to have shortcuts. Yep. yep. I, uh, I'm still wrapping my head around that, Rose. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. My grandmother is going to have shortcuts installed on her two iPads and her iPhone. I mean, she's already in edge case having two iPads. But she's got to have shortcuts installed on three devices. It's I was, huge. I was thinking, like, even like my wife, who is kind of interested in this stuff, but not interested enough to go to the App Store and download it, I think once it's on her device... She's just going to open it up anyway, and, and you know we'll see how she does with that. I'll help her out a little bit. But I do think there's going to be a bunch of new people interested in shortcuts because suddenly this colorful application is going to show up on their devices. Yeah. That can only be good yeah. uh, for the future of shortcuts. It is. So they've also made some other changes inside of the application. So if you had the if before... You may remember this vertical line running through your shortcut, which sometimes was connected, sometimes it wasn't connected. That line is still there. But the if action, for example, now explicitly has a little input bubble, which means that when you tap on that, so say, for example, you, you've done something before, maybe you did a get contents of URL to get some records out of Airtable. You explicitly say, if this record from Airtable and then you have your conditions. And the conditions are dynamic based on what kind of input it is, which is why it's it's even better than it was before. So I'm just playing with a, a an action for a Trello card right now, and it's going, you know, if it has any input, which is great, because, you know, if, if there's no input, then you don't want to be doing things, probably. So... That's that's good fun. It's just like they humanized the language of these uh, programming components even more this year. Like, yeah. I remember uh, in the prior version, you can have, like, if you have a variable, you can either input the variable as part of your shortcut or you can put in to ask when run. Um, but now they removed the term ask when run and they put something, I forget what it says now. Rose may be able to look it up. She's got it installed on hers. But the... Um, they made it just easier for normal people to understand what they're saying, and they removed kind of the programming slant to the language. The other thing that they did that's interesting is they oh, – you're looking at me. Yeah, so they, they it's called Ask Each Time Now. Yes. Um, uh, but this ties into conversational theory, which we're going to get to in a moment. So keep yeah. going, David. And, and then the other thing they did is so often – and you would, in order to run a shortcut, you've got a couple things you need to do. First, you need to get information. Then you need to pass that information to the next step. And those were two steps. And for a lot of folks, you don't know, well, what kind of information, how do I get the information to pass along? And a lot of these new shortcuts, uh, from what I've seen, is combined into one step. So yeah. when you want to do something, it, it collects the information and processes or acts on it in the very same step. So uh, people don't have to figure out how to connect those two things. It's just done for you now. Yeah, which is really useful. Um, and also, um, it's just... So set variable for is gone. So some people are going to be going, oh my God, set variable's gone. Don't worry, there is a migration assistant. Of course, because I'm me and I installed this on day one, I mess it up and my migration assistant didn't run and the shortcuts team have already looked at it and I'm, I'm pretty certain they're working on a fix and that will be done momentarily. Yeah. I say momentarily, probably, hopefully, in the next iOS beta. Yeah. Because, of course, Shortcuts is part of iOS now, so it can update whenever iOS updates, including whenever there's a beta. Um, but, you know, th this is going to be easier for 
everybody because you just use magic variables now. You don't explicitly set variables. And when you are doing an if something, then you know that you have to select the right thing because this is something I see very frequently. People try and do a set name on something, but they got the file earlier and they've gone through and they picked a bunch of other things. Yeah. And so they're trying to set the name actually of a piece of text that's come out of a choose from list yeah. rather than the file. And if you if you look at the the set name action right now, she says trying to pull it up in front of her, uh, then you set the name of what something in particular. So it's giving me the option in, in this particular shortcut that I'm looking at. There's text, there's Trello cards, and there's an if. Um, but I can pick different ones. Um, but it explicitly shows you which one it is, so that you know what you're doing. It's like it's like magic variables to the next generation. Yes, it is because it they're, they're built into every single action, and of course, you know, with the condensed actions as well. So, for example, the the speak text action, you can set the the language of the voice that should speak it. So you can, for example, have somebody with an Arabic accent speaking English or th- something like that. These are, of course, computerized, so they're not. Hugely accurate. You can pick the different voices. You can say wait until finished, the rate and the pitch. I, I've been having some great fun playing with that. It tells me very excited. I'm going to Disney. Um, right. Very high voice. It's hilarious because um, you know I went to Disney. Um, so yeah, it's 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 much more user friendly, but it doesn't mean that it's not power user friendly either, which is something that of course I'm sure some people have been worried about. If we're making it more new user and uh, friendly what are we losing as power users and the answer is nothing we're gaining so much yeah from what i've seen you've lost no functionality oh, if, God. if anything it's only improved yes because um, there are so many new actions as well and it's more discoverable so even you power users are going to find uses for actions that never occurred to you before because it was up to us before to go through and set parameters and find them and just kind of come up with them in our head where now the application lays them out for you, everything it can do for every action. Yep. And it's just, you know, in it, it's, ob- it's the obvious way it should have been done in hindsight. As so often these things can be when you see it, you mean like, like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And I can see a lot of people who would have been intimidated by the old system, uh, feeling more comfortable with this and yep. people who understood the old system are going to appreciate this. It makes it easier in a lot of ways to build shortcuts. So, I mean, it's just a win all the way around. Now, you had said earlier um, that it's now, as the fact that, as a result of the fact that shortcuts is now part of the operating system, we have got to deal with um, updates. Now, I really liked, frankly, in that first year that we could get updates to series shortcuts independent of operating system updates because Apple doesn't do that many of those. You know, they'll do a couple point updates over the course of the year and then we have to wait, you know, every year for the big update. Yeah. Well, we're on that schedule now. I mean, shortcuts is no longer going to be independent. Um, if at the same time, I, I went back and I I did a little review of this. Like, when did iOS update versus when did shortcuts update? And they only did two updates out of sync with iOS last year. Yeah. So, and but it was still the same number, pretty much. I think there was one very small bug, uh, bug fix that snuck in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, so it's not like we're actually going to be losing something. We're not going to be going from 52 updates a year to five updates a year. Yeah. We're going from... You know, five updates a year to five updates a year at the same time as iOS, which is good because this is very much integrated in the operating system. So it'd be very disappointing for everybody if Shortcuts released an update and then iOS came out three days later and was like, oh, yep, broke it all. You know, we don't we don't want that. And the Shortcuts team doesn't want that either. The iOS team, I'm sure, doesn't want it. So it, it's good that they're in lockstep. One of the nice things is Rose and I have both been able to spend some time with the Shortcuts team this week. And a couple things I'd, I'd want to report. First of all, we don't ask them much because I don't want them to get fired. No, you know? <laughs> no. We, we want them to stay at Apple working on this stuff because it's amazing. But an observation you can make is, number one, there is a Shortcuts team. Yes. Number two, it's quite large. It is. And every person I met in it is pretty smart i mean oh yeah they uh, they all seem like they you know their elevators go to floors higher than mine does and that's good because you want those folks working on it and and they're all passionate about it so um you know you know sometimes apple makes products and they release it and they say hey this is the greatest thing in the world and then you don't see much from it for years we already saw in the first year shortcuts isn't that product they've mm-hmm. already been updating it but it looks to me like into the at least immediate future apple continues to be funding 
and pressing this. And uh, I'm really happy to see that. I'm, that was one of the most encouraging things I saw today. It's just the number of people that are working on shortcuts and oh, yeah. how, how passionate I, they are about Yeah, it. they're so excited about this as well. Like, obviously, you know, everybody who works at Apple is disappointed when their product doesn't get keynote time. But these people were still so excited and so happy and, you know, saying like, you know, have you seen this feature? Have you seen that feature? It's great. Yeah, it's awesome. And just great, nice people behind this. I, I am... I'm very encouraged by that. Yeah. And from the developers I've talked to who've been to the Shortcuts Labs as well, you know, they've been really, really helpful there. Of course, I mean, this is WWDC. Apple's yeah. not there going, oh, no, 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 we won't tell you how to do this. They're, they're showing developers how to do everything. But, you know, they're they're showing developers in the nicest way and being excited about it, which is great for everyone. Okay. We're going to get, in a few minutes, we're going to talk about just the on-the-ground improvements to Siri Shortcuts, how you can use it making your scripts. But maybe before we do that, you want to talk a little bit about the developer angle of how, what's changed in Siri Shortcuts? Yes. So uh, specifically, there are two big things that have changed. Um, and I'm going to start with the smaller one, and then you're going to see how, how wide-reaching that is with the second one. So the first one is conversational Siri. Um, and this, I, I, First of all, can I say I love that this is the smaller one? I know. That, that just makes me laugh. I know, uh, because this is huge. So... It is no longer that you just, like, you, you say, hello, device, please run my shortcut called ABC. Um, it is that there is back and forth, and Siri understands this, and you don't have to build this with dictation and then transcribing dictation and picking things out and so on. It This is built in by the shortcuts team into shortcuts. So you can ask for input and send things in backwards and forwards um, with talking, uh, which is amazing. And the way that you're going to see how far reaching this is, is we also now have parameterized donated shortcuts, which means that, for example, all of these shortcuts that were built into the system before, and I'm going to use the OmniFocus one as a great example, the adding a task to OmniFocus, that was created by the shortcuts team. So you had your task name, you had your project name, and things like that, which meant that whenever OmniFocus updated, they had to file a radar with Apple or whatever it is that they had to do. And they had to wait for the shortcuts team to update this. Now, there are billions of apps on the App Store. So this is not maintainable. This is not something that you can keep doing long term. So they've now done this so that any developer for any application can donate an action like that, which provides output. And I just saw that on a keynote slide and melted into a little ball of excitement. Um, I think there's a little video of me somewhere going, yee! because I was so excited because previously that a lot of developers were doing dances with clipboards. So they would get the clipboard, set the clipboard, which meant that the shortcuts for us were, looked pretty unwieldy because it was just a mess of clipboard. And then at the end, you've got some dictionary from Carrot Weather on your clipboard um, rather than whatever it is you had before. Well, they don't need to do that anymore. And this is just, this combined with conversational Siri. So Siri can ask me, okay, what do you want your task to be called? What project do you want to add this to? And it's just amazing so wide-reaching yeah i feel like the the result of this is we're going to see a ton of new actions in the series shortcuts mm -hmm. for those of us that like to build shortcuts our favorite app developers and the ones that are kind of woke on this are going to be adding a ton of custom actions to their applications so you're going to be able to do more with automation with these applications than ever before because the tool's already built for you you don't have to figure out some way to you know jury rig it together it's just done like the OmniFocus is a good example i am sure there's probably right now at the omni group a group of uh folks that work on OmniFocus figuring out okay now we've got the ability to create our own actions in addition to that one that we had let's add six more what yeah. are the six so let, let's add one to create projects and folders and things yeah. like that and perspectives even is a possibility yeah. review i mean just the whole thing yeah. I, I was talking to a developer last night and one of the nice things about being at wwc is there's so many developers here that you get to talk to about this stuff and he's writing an app for a company that it's like airbnb for rvs you know mm -hmm. you want and he's like he's already got siri shortcuts ideas where he wants it to be where a um, a renter can automatically get a frequently asked questions for the device there, you know, for the RV they're renting. And then he wants to combine that with NFC, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Oh, yeah. And it's like, there's all these things you can do together now. It's like the, um, our Tinker Toy uh, bucket just got a bunch of new pieces dumped in it. So oh, yeah. we're going to have a lot of fun figuring out how to connect all this stuff. 
And the what the I guess the net result of what Rose just explained to you is that we're not done filling the the bucket with new toys because now the app developers can start throwing toys in there too. So I expect that we're going to have a massive influx of new actions and series shortcuts for the apps you download. It's not going to like flood your app or flood your uh, series shortcuts. This is going to relate to the apps that you download. Yeah. And it's going to be awesome. It is. <laughs> it's so we've awesome. got content scheduled for the next five years now, thanks to this, basically. <laughs> you know, there's going to be a lot to cover. Because, oh, yeah. You know, it's going to be very app-specific, some stuff. And, and you app developers listening, I know you're out there. If you guys make really amazing series shortcut stuff, let us know. We want to oh, yeah. help spread the word. But, but you know, we want you to do it, too. I feel like that's going to become a selling point for apps, even more than it was before when they get better automation support because series shortcuts is now on every device. If you can simplify automation for your users, there's going to be a lot of people interested in that. Oh, yeah, definitely. So that was the little announcement. Yeah, so, so, <laughs> so that's the small stuff. Let's get to the big stuff now. So uh, there's a new tab in the Shortcuts app called Automations. Um, and this is the one I've just been wallowing in this going, yay, every single time I play with one of these because there are so many automations. Now, to start with, if you once you finally get this, um, and I'm going to say this a few times, if you are not a developer, please do not install the developer beta. It is buggy. My iPad keeps crashing. I get notifications. I tap on it. It springboards or it just locks up for a while. This is not good. And I'm using this to record a podcast on. So David keeps giving me looks every now and then because it's like, wait, is your iPad broken again? Uh, I also have my iPhone right with me. Um, But inside the automation tab, you have all of your HomeKit uh, automations as well. So everything that was in Home, it's still in Home, but it's been imported. Because there are two kinds of automations that you can create. You can create a personal automation or a home automation. And home automations are shared with people who you share your home with. Personal automations are for you. So they're on all of your devices, but they're just on your devices. And this ties in with the HomePod. So it means that if you talk to the HomePod and say, hey, you know, and run my good morning shortcut, uh, it will run your good morning shortcut. But if your partner talks to the HomePod and asks it to run their good morning shortcut, it runs their good morning shortcut and talks to their calendars. And this is huge. I finally get that thing I want, Rose, where as I walk in the front door, the opening Star Wars theme just starts blasting throughout my house. Because it can do stuff when you arrive at places now. Exactly. My wife is going to go crazy. She's going to be so mad. Yeah, yeah. Well, the good news is if she divorces you, I've got a really comfy sofa that you can you can borrow. Uh, all right. And oh man, uh, this is I'm we're gonna have so much fun with yes. this stuff. And I'm I'm teasing stuff. Yeah. So one of the things you can do with this automation is they've added a whole bunch of triggers. Oh yeah. Um. So it's funny because just weeks ago I was finishing up the Keyboard Maestro field guide, and Keyboard Maestro has it's on it's a Mac based application. It's got a re- an amazing number of triggers in it where you can start automations, not only by pushing a button, but by automatically having things happen. And and I was thinking at the time, like, man, wouldn't it be nice if we had these things in series shortcuts? And as the thought occurred to me, I immediately dismissed it. Mm-hmm. You know, I just thought, oh, this, yeah, is, yeah. this isn't going to happen for yeah. years. I mean, we're never, if ever, right? Yep. Yep. And the cool thing about this is because historically, Siri shortcuts have been amazing, but they've required you to open an app and push a button, or you have to do something on your phone to make it happen. And that's not true automation. Well, guess what? We got it. Yeah. We got it. And and I thought, okay, well, if they give us automatic uh, triggers for your shortcuts, they're just going to give us the most basic, like it'll be like on Tuesday at 2 p.m., like time of day. You know, and they did that one, but they didn't stop there, did they? No, no. They, the, the shortcuts team, I get the impression that they got very excited with the possibilities and they just went with it and they did all of them. So you can have on Tuesday at 2 p.m., but you can also have sunrise and sunset, just like it's been imported from the home application. But you can also have like an alarm. So when uh, an existing alarm or your wake up alarm gets snoozed or when it gets stopped, um, yeah, yeah, so just think about this. You could have, if you're having trouble waking up, when you hit your snooze button, it starts playing a song through your HomePod. Yeah, or you could buy one of these um, these uh, vibration uh, alarms, 
And whenever you hit the snooze button, it could just like vibrate that, turn that on with one of those smart plugs or something. And so you get like a little jolting around in bed. I'm not suggesting you do like electric shocks or anything. That seems a little extreme, but you could do so many things. I once saw a really cool alarm clock that had a propeller on it. Oh, yeah. So you have to run and find it. And it would like take off. shut it up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah those was, are small. I was thinking about a game for my kids, but then I realized they're probably just going to throw the alarm clock through the window. Yeah. Before yeah. they find the propeller. Yeah. And I think... I don't know, but I think I'm quite unlikely to throw my HomePod out the window. I'm fairly yeah. attached to it. It's And it's heavy, too. Uh, yeah. And you're tired. Yeah. And also, the, the power cord doesn't just, like, come out, which yeah. means that you need to unplug it. But the uh, so uh, but this is this is really cool when you start thinking all this automation, you can start automatically tying to nighttime and bedtime routines. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And uh, you can also do it based on location as well. So, like, when I get somewhere, when I leave somewhere, but you can also do, like... When I get somewhere within a time range. Okay, so when I get to work between 8 and 10, Monday to Friday, yeah, then do this. But if I just go past on a Saturday, don't bother, which is so good. Or even every time you leave work, send a text message to your significant other saying, hey, I just left work. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and we've always had a, something similar to that, but you always had to push the button. Yeah. Where in this case, now that this is automatically triggered by you leaving a location, this just happens. You don't even think about it. That's that's the automation that gets me excited. Yeah. And uh, I, I should add a little caveat to this. And it is a reasonable caveat, I, I feel that I should say, in that if your shortcut does not require input, it can run entirely in the background. You'd ha- you don't need to do anything. So you just walk out of work, you get on your public transport or get in your car or whatever, and you drive home. And as you get home, because you got there, the, the garage door opens or whatever it is that you've set up. Yeah. Um, and you walk into your house and then it starts playing the Star Wars theme. Yes. And if you don't need to select what song it is or input the text that you're sending to your partner and things like that, it will just do it. Yeah. It's finally like internal to the operating system. Yeah. You don't see these screens flying around. Um, and you can also connect this to before I leave. So this is using the Siri predictions. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes it pops up and it's like, oh, hey, like, you, you know, like if you better leave for work so that you get there on time, but you don't actually have work in your calendar. Siri just knows that you go to work at about the same time every day. Yeah. Well, you can hook into that <laughs> and you can do stuff at the predicted time, um, five minutes before 10, 15, 30, 60 minutes before um, and the, the options that it's showing me here is predict when I will leave for home and for work. Um, I don't know if it's got any more than those for other people. I'm guessing I'm a very boring person and I kind of go to two places and that's it. I think it's really just any event base. I mean, I don't think it's going to matter. And just, I was just thinking, well, you know, maybe like I always brush my teeth before I leave the house, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so I could set up the brush teeth timer and I mean, it's like, you could do a whole bunch of stuff. Rose is like I've, I, never, I've got I've got a look that I'm giving David I've, right now. I've never seen that look before. It's a very excited look because <laughs> you know that there are some toothbrushes that are Bluetooth connected, right? Yeah. Well, you can also trigger a shortcut when a Bluetooth device connects to your device. Oh my goodness! So when your Bluetooth oh toothbrush connects to your iPhone, it can just start the timer for you. I mean, of course, most of the, if it's a Bluetooth connected toothbrush, it's probably got that, but maybe it starts playing the news on your HomePod and like reading out the headlines of the day. Or your toothbrushing song. I don't know. What would your toothbrushing song be, Rose? Oh gosh. That is a good question. Can I take a rain check on that? Yeah. I think mine would be some kind of like rockabilly something, something like with a good rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to have a good rhythm. Definitely. So, yeah, um, so I mentioned Bluetooth devices. When a Bluetooth device connects to your iOS device, you can trigger something. So, for example, if I connect these headphones, start playing my podcast playlist in Overcast. But if I connect those headphones and start playing my work playlist, but if I connect the other headphones and start playing this music playlist or whatever, this is so good. Yeah, the, the whole Bluetooth connection thing runs really deep. Oh, yeah. Um, you can, uh, we haven't, should we talk about this Rose? I think we should. I think we should. We were talking to some folks that know things and apparently, so now with iOS, you can now connect a mouse through accessibility. Mm -hmm. And if the mouse has buttons on it, those buttons are registered under accessibility, but also addressable in Siri shortcuts. Yeah. So then we started talking with folks that know things about, 
Well, what if you bought one of those little Bluetooth like gaming keypads where it's got yeah. like 30 buttons on it? And and we haven't tested this yet. We're still on the ground. Well, yes, because my my I didn't I really didn't think that the assistive touch for pointing devices was going to happen. Yeah. So I left my mice and trackpad and everything at home, which yeah. means that I've had no way to test this. But um, the 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 things that I have seen and reports that I've heard from other people who have tested this is that if you like mice and you happen to have a mouse with a lot of buttons, you can use those buttons to trigger shortcuts. But maybe you can even use anything with buttons that connects via Bluetooth. I'm not sure about that because it is specifically like mice that have the accessibility yeah. things. We'll have to figure it out. Yeah, this we're, is something we're going to have to test. And of course, this is beta one right now. We're literally recording this four days after the keynote, one day before this episode releases, which is the Friday after the keynote was on the Monday. Yeah. And and I'm just a little giddy right now. Oh, yeah. So we're I'm, excited. I, I, wanna, I want this to go farther. Uh, yeah. So anyway, but uh, that's just, you know, there, in addition to Bluetooth, you can uh, trigger shortcuts based on connecting to CarPlay or disconnecting. Yeah, and Wi-Fi as well. So, for example, if I get to my parents' place and I connect to their Wi-Fi, then I can actually have it go, hey, you, you've got all these things that you wanted to do when you visit your parents. Um, or when you enable or disable do not disturb or low power mode. Um, and an airplane mode, of course, is part of that. Uh, but there's a couple of other ones which it took me a moment to wrap my head around the possibilities here. So we have NFC tags. Now, some of you have probably played with NFC tags on iOS before, um, but NFC tags can immediately run a specific shortcut. That's just it. You tap it and it does it. Yeah, and it can work with existing NFC tags. Yeah, um, and yeah. it uses, from what I understand from reading through the documentation, I will note I did read this very quickly, it would use the unique ID of the NFC tag to yeah. figure this out. Which would make sense. It would. So yeah. you walk in the front door, you tap your phone against the wall where you get a sticker, and things just happen. Yeah, which is cool. You go in your car. I mean, we talked about this in relation to... Um, Launch Center Pro. Yeah, Launch Center Pro recently. Yeah. and it, But, I mean, just like... Now we're adding all, not just Launch Center Pro, but the power of all shortcuts, you yes. know, and all the built-in automation. And it runs entirely in the background, yeah. which is massive. I mean, if you sit at your desk, you put a sticker on your desk, and you can tap your phone or your iPad there, and you can trigger all your automation. It's I, I'm giddy just thinking about what I could do with this. And also, I'm thinking about the other people in my life, because... I could write scripts for my wife's phone that are different than mine. Yeah. I mean, she's not necessarily going to figure all this stuff out, but she would love to be able to walk in the front door and also hit that tag with her phone and have her things happen automatically. Yeah. And there, and there is one thing that I should note with this. Um, of course, I can have an NFC tag program to do my thing, but when you tap that NFC tag, you're going to have to program that yourself. And this is a security feature, so yeah. I can't program an NFC tag that's going to download... Say a shortcut from from the cloud. It's going to grab all of your contact data. It's going to zip it up, send, save it to my Dropbox. It's going to go through, find your most frequently visited locations. None of that is possible because the. I mean, iOS is iOS. It's a fairly locked down operating system. They have opened it up massively, but they've not opened it up so wide that we get security issues. Where I create, a, a, I've got an NFC tag, and David accidentally puts his phone on the table, and boom, all, I've got all, all of his information. That is not possible. Yeah, exactly. It's on device. So, but the the benefit of this is if you're in a family and there's multiple people, each person each person's phone is going to see that NFC tag and do something different with it because. Or nothing with it, whether or not you programmed it. So, so you don't have to have four tags for four people. You can have no, no, one no. tag, each, and each person tapping it is going to get different. Yeah, uh, you just actions. have to set it up on each person's device. And yeah. don't forget, and the C tags that is iPhone only. Yeah. So there's one big one that we didn't get to yet. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. When you open an app. Now, this is the one. It took me a while to wrap my head around. I was thinking, what am I going to want to do every time I open an app? And then I was there talking to a lovely person. His name is Joe. You may have heard of Joe. Joe created an app called Timery. Yeah. A toggle timer. And then I realized this is what this is made for. This is made for Joe. 
I'm pretty much, I, I'm thinking of this as the Joe feature. I'm sure yeah. there are many, many other implementations. Yeah. But for example, when I open this application, start my timer for that. So when I open Quip, start my automator's timer. Just do it. And that is where I just melted into a very excited ball of happiness. Can you run these as well when you close an app? Uh, it does not offer the option of when you close an app. Yeah. But you can, so you can do things, there's there's some little bugs, so I'm seeing a lot of things in this app list that I should not yeah. be seeing. Um, but you can run things when you open specific applications, or you can run things when you open any application. Yeah. So you could potentially have a shortcut for any application that stops your timer, and then have shortcuts for specific applications that start specific timers. Yeah, it's just, you know, all of this stuff is amazing. Like, we just glanced over Wi-Fi as a trigger, but, like, even when I was doing the Keyword Maestro Field Guide, that is one of my very favorite triggers because it's so useful. Everybody goes to different places where they connect to Wi-Fi. Like, work versus home is a great example. Yep. And you just connect to the work Wi-Fi, and suddenly... Maybe it closes out all your personal stuff or you just, it, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's tough to wrap my imagination around all the things I want to do with this as this gets out. So uh, we got some real fun ahead of us with Siri shortcuts. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about conversational Siri, because this is another thing that uh, everybody wanted myself included. I want to be able to pass variables to Siri and now you can. It is very exciting. But before that, I think we should thank our second sponsor for the day. This episode of Automators is brought to you by PDF Pen 11 from our friends at Smile. PDF Pen and PDF Pen Pro is your ultimate PDF viewing and editing app for the Mac. You can add headers and footers along with watermarks to your documents. It also includes a precision edit tool, plus you can OCR documents. PDF Pen 11 is an exciting update, and the new version includes some seriously cool features, like split view mode for comparing pages in a document, a new font bar for easier text editing, the option to edit multiple form fields at the same time, continuity camera support for scanning documents with your iPhone, the ability to add multiple items to the PDF pen library simultaneously, and more. If you spend any time working with PDFs, you need PDF pen 11. To learn more, go to smilesoftware.com podcast now. That's smilesoftware.com slash podcast. Our thanks to PDF Pen 11 for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. You know, passing variables to Siri. Oh, yeah. That's something we've always wanted, right? It is. And, you know, we, we could work around this a little last time, but it was a lot of work to work around it. Uh, because you had to do the listen for dictation, then you had to do probably regular expressions to try and match whether or not somebody said left or right. I mean, you could just try and do if it contained, but that didn't always work. And It was inconsistent and difficult. Yeah. And now Shortcast is built to do all of this for us. Um, and I, I, I feel that I should mention Adam, because we both met Adam this week. Adam yeah. is uh, the person behind... Uh, prompt kit, uh, cron iOS, uh, lots of these very long shortcuts that are great utilities. So it yeah. could do things like watch notes and things like that, or reminders for for things. Um, and um, Adam's stuff is still excellent. If you haven't checked it out, he's he's got lots of it in our forums. I would highly recommend going in and, and looking for all of this yeah. um, because it is amazing. And also, if you're not a developer, please don't install the beta yet. Uh, wait for public beta, at least one. So, but um, conversational Siri, in in some ways, eliminates the need for this because also it can be it can be very easily used by app developers. Because my concern always with requiring another shortcut to do the thing that you're doing is if somebody downloads one shortcut, then they've got one piece of the puzzle. Yeah. But they they're missing the other six or seven pieces, which is a little sad um, for those people. No, it's it's great. I mean, and it just opens up the world. Again, you know, with things you can do with Siri shortcuts, because everything was one dimensional before, you know, it was the Siri shortcut you ran had a beginning and an ending. And that was it. You know, you couldn't you couldn't change tracks with the train. I don't know. I'm going to just screw this up. I keep talking about analogies, but but the uh, but we've opened it up much wider now so we can do a lot more than we used to be able to by being able to pass data back and forth with Siri. Um, 
it can ask for input. You can now talk to it. Let's just go uh, on to ask for input for a moment. So this was all my personal wish list. Yeah. The ask for input would just, if you run it through Siri, let you talk to it. Yeah. And it does. Yeah. And that means that you don't have to rewrite all of your shortcuts. So if you just run, if you run it in the shortcuts app, you can type, type, type as you would. But if you run it through Siri, you can talk to it. And that is great. One of the things I'm really looking forward to is once things get a little further along in the beta process, seeing if it improves on my HomePod. That, that is something that I've struggled with, honestly, in this first year, is that the HomePod, although it will accept Siri for me every time I ask it to do something with Siri, it, it'll start playing music, or it just doesn't, yeah. doesn't seem to compute that I want it to do a Siri shortcut. It's not, it does once in a while, but it's, it's not nearly enough of a hit rate to make it consistent or something I can rely on. Uh, which is unfortunate, but I think we're going to get there with this. Well, I mean, when you when you can do this type of thing, yeah, I would I, I would assume that it probably is better because that's the only way you can make it work. Definitely. Um, they uh, so a lot of stuff we've been talking about structure. All these triggers, I think, are just key. We also got some new actions. Yeah, and I've just put a couple of my favorite ones in in the show document because if we sit here talking about all of the new actions and then we talk about all the ones that. People like Culture Code and Omni Group and so on are going to add, like, yes. we're going to be here for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Um, but two ones that for me are very nice set wallpaper. Yeah. So at 9 a.m. every day, you can have it grab the latest NASA image or whatever it is and set your wallpaper to that. Yeah. Or at sunset every day, you could have it set your wallpaper to a dark wallpaper and at sunrise to a light wallpaper. Or if you work with a bunch of bozos that are like really serious and they don't want your personal stuff. You get to work, you connect to your Wi-Fi, you set your work wallpaper, you leave your work Wi-Fi, then you put your family back on the screen. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's it's just like whatever your needs are, now you can do that. Yeah. Uh, and the other one, which I love, 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 set playback destination. Yes. Can we have a little round of applause for set playback destination? Oh, man, I wanted this one so bad. Oh, yeah. So now you can like grab music or can use some of the new podcast actions that have been added for the native podcast app. Um, and you can grab that and you can say, play it on HomePod number four. Because yeah. if you have HomePods, they breed like triples. We remember this, right? I have, You've been to my house, Rose. Oh, yeah. There are HomePods. There are HomePods. Lots of HomePods. I like the HomePods. There's now, and I have two downstairs, a, a matched pair. Yeah. Which will be perfect to play my theme song as I walk through the front door. So you may need an extra one next to the front door. Oh, yeah. Just, just for security next purposes, year. right? Next year. I think that, that might have to happen. Uh, but, the you know, it's cool because before you would want to create shortcuts to play music. Like, for me, it's in my office. I'm in my office all day. I want to play music to the, to the HomePod. And so it's not easy. You had to do automation outside of the – well, it wasn't even automation. You just had to manually set the location uh, in addition to your automation. But now you can just do it. And it it's awesome. Um, and, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure there are lots of people listening. They really want to play with this. Apple does say it on the developer website, okay? Do not download this. For thrill seekers, please wait till public beta 1. I broke that rule and installed it on one device, but I'm very happy it's only on one device because it's buggy. Betas are not kind to battery life. They will cause weird issues. I'm seeing in lots of applications, the text is so tiny, I literally have to touch the screen with my nose to be able to read it. And I've tried changing, you know, like sizes of text and things like that. And it's an iOS bug uh, and it will be fixed, but it's not fixed yet. So, and so don't install the developer beta unless you have a very, very, very good reason to. Wait for the public betas. Yeah. I played with Roses and some other friends that have, have also installed it. And it looks like this one has a lot of pain and suffering installed, <laughs> involved. In fact, it's interesting. This is uh, the first time in years that Apple's made it to put the beta on your iPhone or iPad. You literally have to download the restore image. Yeah. I mean, uh, they, you have to wipe your device for this. They, and then restoring it messes a bunch of stuff up. Yeah. I think they intentionally wanted to make it hard. Yeah, which because it, they want people to just casually push a button and then find out that they lost a bunch of data or something. Yeah, uh, it will get better. There's going to be a public beta later. I'm going to probably get in before the public beta, but I just want to give it. I'm probably going to wait till second or third. Yeah, um, just, I, I would highly recommend that. Just, Even if you're a developer and you're not yet ready to do all this stuff, you know, you don't need to worry hugely about missing out because the the developer betas do release pretty quickly. I mean, by the time you're listening to this, there may already be another developer beta, which is more stable. Yeah, usually it's a week after. But, the, um, 
either way, they're going to, it's going to get better. And the other thing that happens if you're not a developer, but you're just curious about this stuff is I often find because of the features and because all the Apple ecosystem is so tied together, it's like, once you download the beta somewhere, then one place, then things start breaking or it's like, it's almost encourages you to just download the betas everywhere to kind of keep everything on the same thing. Well, I mean, there's a lot of features that don't work unless you're on the beta on everything, or you have to disconnect devices. So the new reminders features, we haven't talked about reminders at all. It's more of a Mac power users topic than an automators topic. Um, But you know, there's some amazing new features in reminders, but when I opened reminders, it was like, Hey, you have seven devices connected that do not support this version of reminders. Just push this button and let me convert your database so it doesn't work anywhere else. Yeah, which I I did not click the button, yeah. listeners. I did not <laughs> click that button. Um, so, but that and that's why you get like I know in my case I get like this weird feeling and then and, and have, like within a week of me downloading a beta in one device I have it everywhere. Yeah. So, um so just stay stay clear of that even if in the past you've been brave uh, hold off for a while. I, I assume when they get to the public beta, things are going to be more stable if you oh, really yeah. want to go out on the limb. Uh, but, you know, everybody says that, Rose. I think it's funny. All of those podcasters keep telling people, don't download the beta. All do what I say, not what I do. Yeah, exactly. All of us end up downloading it. Of we course can't we help do. ourselves. But we're doing it for you, yeah. for our favorite listeners. At least that's what we tell ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Let's just talk a little bit about uh, being here in San Jose. Uh, the meetup was amazing. The well, Orange- let's start with our Orange County meetup because we've had two meetups yeah, since true. our last episode. Yeah. And uh, that was amazing. So we were in Orange County at the Irvine Spectrum. I bought an iPad. I bought that before everybody got there so people didn't have to wait for me to pick up my iPad. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. We had so many people come. Lots of folks showed up. We had somebody there from Florida. And uh, Jay, our friend JF came in from Las Vegas and... Uh, I don't know, what was it, about 30, 35 about people? 30-ish people and all walks of life. We had uh, several musicians there. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, we had a soccer player. Yeah, and uh, so it was just, it was really great talking to automators, listeners, and hearing how you guys are using automation and, and also just hanging out together. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, we all went to the cool Apple store they have down there, which yes. is kind of amazing. And then we had the meetup here in San Jose. Um, the... Uh, that was the day we did, Stephen and I did the interview with the Apple guy. So it, we actually had to push the thing back to two o'clock. Um, but when I got there, it's kind of funny because I got there at two, the time it was designated. Yeah. And so I, I got there early because, uh, as you may have heard at the beginning of the episode, I sprained my ankle, which means I'm not super mobile. I'm on crutches right now. So I got there at 12 because I was concerned that originally the meetup had been at 12. So people would be showing up at 12. Um, and I didn't want to anybody to feel like they were completely lost so i yeah. thought well i'll get there at 12 and uh see who t- who shows up and a couple of people showed up pretty early which yeah. was fun yeah so so i got there at two and i walked the location we were at was like a, a lot of outdoor seating and i just walked through and I, and I saw this table this big set of tables with a whole bunch of people i'm like oh that must be some company meetup because it's two o'clock this is the start time that can't be us and i literally walked right past it oh uh, you probably didn't see me i walked past it and i walked all the way around the circuit, the whole thing was a big outdoor area. And then finally I said, where is everybody? I was going to text Rose. And I went back. I, I looked at that big table full of people again. I realized, hey, there's a lady there with crutches. That must be us, you know? <laughs> so I went over and it was like, it was the meeting place. It was like, it was like the round table of automation. The it was. Siri shortcut scene was there. There was a bunch of guys from the Apple um, automator slash Apple script stuff. There were a bunch of users and power users. Adam was there. Uh, Sal Segoyan was there. Yeah, Joe from Timery was there. Yeah, I mean, it was like, it was, I mean, (laughs) it was the automation meetup of WWC. I'm really proud of the fact that all those people not only listened to the show, but they took their time to come. Yeah, and it it was so nice. And for all of the regular listeners that came, I I don't mean this in a negative light, I mean that you, you don't happen to work for Apple or develop an app that that we use every day. You know, you it was amazing to see everybody there, and it went that everybody could talk to each other. And I, from what I saw, everyone was having an amazing time. So I'm so yeah. glad that everybody came because it was great fun. And you know, just normal users also were super useful to the developers there because they could talk about what their priorities were. Yeah. And it just looked to me like everyone was having a really good time, and it was such a joy to be a little part of putting that together. It was. And a thank you to everybody that came. For those of you who couldn't come, who wanted to come, uh, I 
I, my plan is, I, I have an exciting plan for WWDC next year. It involves no sprained ankles, but also probably no scooters. Um, but it does involve <laughs> another automators meetup or two. 100% so. less scooter next year. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So there was only one scooter ride this year, and yeah. so 100% less next year. Yeah, we, we want to build on the meetup, though. We're going to oh, do yeah. something cool next year. We have no idea what it is as we sit here, but... We're, but we're, 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 we've got ideas. Yeah. So we will figure that out. Um, the Also, just the WWDC experience, as always, has been amazing. This year seems um, very positive and optimistic. I think a lot of people are happy with the new hardware, even though none of us can afford it. And, the, um, and really just... I just wrote a post to Mac Sparky this morning. I feel like there is a renewed focus on Mac and iPad that we haven't really seen. I mean, that we've we've heard through the grapevine that it's coming. Um, for whatever reason, Apple has turned a lot of its attention back towards products other than the iPhone. And for people like us that make our livings working on iPads and Macs, I think that's great news. It is. It is. It's such great news. Um, and I mean, it's just fun being here and looking at all this stuff and trying to think of the possibilities. My brain is excited. And so it's probably missed 8 billion of the things that you can do. And it's just focusing on the five things that my brain thinks is awesome right now. Like, yeah. It's good fun. Yeah. I, I know once I get home and start unpacking this, we're going to discover even more goodness in all this. But anyway, uh, so I guess the, the story from San Jose in 2019 from Rose and Dave is, Hey guys, we got, we got great, toys coming for Siri uh, shortcuts yeah and it's going to be more accessible than ever oh yeah and everybody's going to get this in september you know when when we get those new iphones this ios is going to roll out to everybody uh from experience it will probably just start installing at some point for those people who don't like to tap the update button and yeah. then everybody's got everything yeah so you can drop a shortcut on your grandma's grandma's ipad and just have it do that thing that needs to be done whenever she opens this application let us know in the forums what you're most excited about. Uh, maybe some of your automation ideas that were sparked through the stuff we talked about today. And um, we uh, we will see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Thank you for listening. And we will talk to you in two weeks. Bye.